My name is Nathan Gangadine, and this is the first episode, and one in which I am going to seek to convey the big picture of what uh, each and every one of these episodes are truly about. Whatever we may be talking about on a subject level, there is a universal um, intention behind each and every one. So whether you listen to just one or you listen to any number of them in any combination or any order, they should serve to go beyond just giving you information. This is not about just talking or discussing. Uh, this is uh, deeper than that. Uh, it seeks to transmit uh, a higher kind of awareness intentionally. Uh, and I will bring that to the fore again and again as a reminder. This is not about the subject at hand alone, but really about who's addressing that subject at hand and how we are addressing that subject at hand, which asks us to really take a look at our looking to become aware of our awareness, to think about how we're thinking. Um, and in this way, we uh, dislodge, uh, in a good way, from our habitual patterns of interpretation and thinking, which is really at the core of freedom. Because here's the thing, our reality, our experience, which those two words are, are deeply married, because we define our reality by our experiences, but what defines our experiences? And when we really look at that, we understand that our experience, which again is our reality, our life, is founded upon a process of interpreting the phenomenon that is, is happening in us and around us all the time. And that interpretation process has a kind of code to it. It has a kind of, uh, just like our computers have a certain code that allows them to process information in a different way than humans, but, but very much similar, a very good analogy uh, to what we're doing all the time, which is we're interpreting. Well, you could say that oh, another way of saying that instead of a code or, or interpretation, you could say that as narrating storytelling. And our life experience is really a process of storytelling. But what all of the great wisdom teachings throughout time have all sought to do is exactly the dislodging I'm speaking of, to step out of our habitual mind operating processes, to be able to witness and see outside of our normal lens, outside of our normal container, and to really begin to observe. But of course, it's been expressed in all of those wisdom teachings, and you may have familiarity with this too in your own life, that to step out of your familiar container is a, a, a simultaneously thrilling and scary thing to do. And Many and maybe even most people on this planet err on the side of safety in that when it comes time to step outside 
of the familiarity of the way we choose to interpret and narrate and storytell our, our lives, our reality, we mostly opt for the familiar. So much so that if another person's worldview collides with our, ours or, or trespasses upon our, our sense of what reality is, which is inevitably going to happen and has happened again and again throughout history, which is, you know, every war and battle and act of violence that has ever played out is a result of this collision of worldviews, realities. And what's so mind-blowing is that if we can just step back for a second and just use basic reasoning, basic logic, uh, at the level that a, a child could do, we can see that obviously, if we're, if we're all experiencing versions of reality, they all must trace back to some kind of common ground, common code. There, there's no way that a people from one religion, let's say, and a people from another religion are coming from two different sources. So it is, while it is blatantly in our faces that obviously there is a common source, you know, we hear it, uh, sung in songs and, and, you know, chanted out in marches and, you know, we are one, give peace a chance. And, and, you know, we know this innately, uh, on a deep level, you know, all you need is love and things like this. And we can hear it and we can go, yeah. And then we go back to our default mode. When I say default, I mean, default for the suffering human. And all humans are suffering until we get to the source of it. And it, it, you could think of it as the most grand endeavor of all humanity through time from the earliest stages has all been to get to where we are now, which is in this globalized stage where we don't, we can't afford to not look squarely in the eye, what is causing the war? What is causing the acts of violence? What is causing the racism and sexism and homophobia and all of this fear of difference and this partitioning of the one earth into countries and separate compartmentalized communities and peoples and races and what is it that's really generating that? Well, there's a lot of people who would argue. I'm not like that. No, I love all people. But here's the thing. If you are using the same code in your narration that is causing those mega clashes across the globe, then you are unwittingly and, and even with the best intentions in your heart, participant in the same culprit that leads to the violence and that leads to the breakdown and leads to the dis disarray, the us versus them. So in other words, 
if the them are the people <laughs> that don't believe that we're all one. And so you say, oh, it's us, the ones who believe that we're all one against those who don't believe we're all one. You just used the same exact code to create the split and the violence. And, and, and you will find yourself fighting, participating in the very thing you supposedly don't believe in, in order to end that. And, and so in other words, just like I, I just demonstrated there, if you just use basic logic, this simple logic and just look at it, you realize, wow, we got some homework to do if we're going to really get down to the bottom of this and end what in the East they would refer to as samsara in, in uh, the Hindu religion, for example, samsara means eternal suffering. It's the eternal wheel of suffering. Insanity. Samsara is insanity. If you were to jump to a Western religion, you would get words like sin. Again, the same intention behind it, an attempt to diagnose the human condition. So a sin is not a a bad thing that you do. Sin rather is um, a state of being in suffering, cut off. And that leads to all the bad things that we do. So you can go and repent for your sins, but if you're still in a space of sin, that is only buying time. And again, you're going to find yourself back in the same cycle. So I'm just taking, giving you a little religious angle on it. But even if we just jump out of religion altogether and just take science, you know, just pure, clean science, unbiased, right? Science, the very heart of science is that it is an unbiased perspective. In other words, if it's unbiased, then we're getting down to reality as it actually is. However, the code that I speak of, of interpretation is so deep that even scientists have not been able to step outside of their own lens in, in terms of how, for example, a very common scientific perspective is that of a reality made of stuff, a reality made of things, matter. Matter is all there is. And if we, and all of consciousness and all of, of everything comes from matter. So matter precedes consciousness. Now, if we really look at that, that is also a worldview. That is a lens. And because science has been able to accomplish so many amazing feats, it's almost strong-armed or tries to strong-arm everything else. We've got dibs on reality. Well, that's again, another ideology. But if you look at it, look at how much science, science, which has created cars, for example. Wow. Incredible. But look what it's doing to the environment. Science that's created medicine. When iatrogenic disease, which is death by malpractice of medicine, is one of the leading causes of death. It doesn't take very much to just step back. All all it takes at first is a willingness to, first of all, remember that we have a lens. Secondly, that we can step back from that. And just look at things. It doesn't, it's not complicated. 
We just have to look, just like I was just demonstrating a moment ago, how the contradiction becomes so obvious and so clear. In this day and age, there's so many people and so many podcasters and so many authors and movie makers and songwriters and um, self-help coaches and, 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 and everyone vying for the, their spot, their niche. And, you know, it's all a big, um, what's the word? cacophony of, of that. And it's all, it's all got this feeling of, well, it's just a bunch of opinions. Choose your flavor. What's your, what's the flavor of the day? You know, who are you going to go with? You're going to go with the Christians. Are you going to go with the Muslims? Are you going to go with the atheists? Are you going to go with the scientists? Are you going to go with uh, the the new age? Are you going to go with whatever? This very podcast is about breaking out of those, of that framework, that code that keeps everything in a realm of opinion. So there is no truth. There is no source. That's what this podcast seeks to address and deconstruct. And for that reason, this is not another uh, delivery of information, not another ideology that I'm trying to impose. Rather, it is a It's not another ideology. It's not another ideology that I'm trying to impose. This is precisely and explicitly about leaving the space, the mind is space. Think of it like physical space. We think of that as our reality. Well, mind space. In other words, the space you live in, in your consciousness, where you perceive. And that has a certain a spaciousness or lack thereof in most cases. And, and, and when we talk about, you know, taking deep breaths and we know that breathing can help calm you down. Well, if you're breathing, but you're still in a suffocating mind space, there's no amount of breath that's going to get you out of that, out of the suffocating, asphyxiating confines of a limiting mental code. So this journey that I want to take you on, which is not a linear journey. It's, it's, it's a, what I like to call fractal journey. Uh, you know, fractal is a name for um, a kind of geometric pattern that if you, if you zoom into it, it's a geometric mathematical pattern and in, in, in the visual sense, when you zoom into a fractal, uh, what was once a little tiny part of it becomes a whole new fractal. And then a part, tiny part of that becomes a whole new fractal and it keeps on going, uh, ostensibly f- towards infinity for infinity both infinitely smaller and infinitely bigger. So for example, the patterns, the algorithms of the way that the, the shore uh, uh, the, or the sand particles erode is reflected in the way the shoreline erodes, is reflected in, in the, you know, bigger and bigger. In other words, <clears throat> fractal fracticality, fract, fractal reality is uh, something that our our everyday way of thinking doesn't allow us to see 
Why? Because we are stuck in a finite lens. In other words, a lens that finitizes all that it touches, all that we see, all that we perceive. Every person, place, and thing, every moment, time, space, every emotion, everything gets automatically finitized. That's huge. We take it uh, for granted, but when everything that we perceive is compartmentalized, finitized, it is also it becomes unsustainable in that moment. In other words, anything that is cut off from the greater whole is withering. So if the sun goes away, for example, we know that we will all perish. Everything will perish. And in that, in that sense, we have to recognize that's a, that's like an analogy for if we are cut off from the spaciousness of connectivity and source infinity by being addicted to finitizing, we are slowly breaking down and withering. And that, that plays out in every aspect of life in our relationships and our, in our community, in our environment, on uh, our, between our nations in our own bodies. It really is the essence of disease that I'm speaking of. So this is exciting because as I'm sharing this with you, it's not, again, it's not that I'm giving you information. It's that I'm resonating and speaking from a certain space of awareness that seeks to resonate that in you, a space of sanity, uh, reason, pure reason, not, um, not finite reason, but infinite reason. And we all have access to that. When we say, oh yeah, that makes sense. When we say that, it just rolls off the tongue. But what are we saying? That makes sense. Sense, you feel it. You can feel the coherence. When something makes sense, when something rings true, we know it. And when something doesn't, we know it. We might not always be conscious of it. But if you just start to observe yourself, you know, as you uh, go about your day, a lot of people are just in knee-jerk reaction mode. They get, a, they get a feeling and they react to the feeling. But imagine stepping back and just, I call it opting out, opting out of reactivity. You're opting out of reactions. You know, I've always, you know, disliked the, the expression, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But there is a hidden gem in that because if you start to notice you know, it's whether you say something out loud or you're saying something in your head. Um, if you feel, if you you can feel what that those words that you're about to say feel like, or that thought that you're thinking feels like, and it gives you a sense of contraction and ugh, you know it doesn't feel good. That's all the indication you need to to opt out instead of reacting to it. Just getting into the practice of opting out. And if you give yourself that little leeway of not first step, recognize the, uh, the balling up the, 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 the reaction mode. Second step, opt out of reaction. In other words, doing nothing becomes the most powerful activism of all to opt out of the antics that spin off from finite thinking finite science, finite reason, all of it. Remember that we humans, we get accustomed 
to things, including if that thing we're getting accustomed to is bad and not good for us, unhealthy. So remember, when, we're, when we learn finite thinking, what we're learning is how to, in a way, it comes, goes hand in hand with kind of numbing out to reality. We start to, we start to um, disconnect from reality, which is connectivity itself. And our very mind space, even the scientists who, who tout themselves as being kind of, you know, they've got the, the answer. There's even a comedian I've, I heard recently who really spoke exactly to that point as an atheist scientist, as though everyone else, the religious people and the Gnostics and everyone else are just the dead weight. And if scientists were in charge, we would just be soaring ahead. Well, that gravely overlooks uh, an obvious point, which is that, again, science is embedded within the space of ideology, finite thinking as well. And so what I'm speaking to right now is leaving that whole enchilada behind. In other words, stepping outside of that. So even though those lenses are wildly different between the new ager, for example, who is speaking of angels uh, and communication with the angels and other dimensions and uh, crystals having vibrations and consciousness and energies and, and all of that. And the scientists who would look down their nose at that and be like, huh, you know, you, you're so delusional. Well, I'm saying they're, they're both in the same space. And I'm not saying that that, that the new age person is wrong. The new age person is tapping into the connectivity and realizing that crystal isn't just a dead piece of rock, but that it has vibration in life. Wow. That's a kind of science. The scientist over on the other end of the spectrum doesn't own science. It's tapping science to find its own breakthroughs, which are amazing. Wow. You know, like just to pick a simple one in the earlier stages, you've how to, how to harness electricity and flip a switch and make it go into a light bulb that stays lit. Whoa, huge development. Now that's science, but science doesn't own it. I mean, scientists don't own science. That, in other words, the science ideology doesn't own capital S science. Science is the stuff of reality. So in other words, we're all tapping science, which is another word for reason, infinite reason, which is another word for logic, infinite logic <clears throat> that includes the, the, the feminine and the masculine, you know? So when I say logic, women out there, please do not hear that as a man ruled world because the, the beautiful logic of the, the mother rearing the child, for example, just to take a really blatant example uh, of something that men can't understand, which is the birthing of a child and the nurturing of that child on that, that depth that women understand. Well, that's in, innately logical. That's a, that's a natural logic that's playing out and the feelings and the baby crying and the, and the nurturing. It's logic. In other words, logic, big L logic, infinite logic is imbued throughout all of reality, everything, uh, everywhere. And every iota of existence. And yet we are running a code that is the antithesis of that pure, coherent logic. 
by virtue of finitizing, compartmentalizing, dividing, partitioning, breaking down. That's the stuff of breaking down. So when we talk about something disintegrating, disintegration is the disintegral. Integral is not lumping everything into quadrants into the same into into different quadrants in a in a and then lumping them together and then calling that integral because that very logic of compartments or quadrants is disintegral inherently so that again is a gross mistake in overlooking what integral really means which again is that source science, infinite logic, infinite reason, natural reason, which we all are in touch with. And anytime we make a sentence, anytime we flip a light switch, anytime somebody invents a new um, miracle of, of scientific advancement or computer or app or, you know, and we have these breakthroughs, we're tapping science. Anytime somebody again, makes a, a simple sentence. I'm sleepy. You're tapping science. Why? Because science, again, is, is connectivity. And when you tap, when you're able to make a sentence, what you're doing is using connectivity, not only in the weaving together of the words as I'm doing now, but think about what's happening right now. I, here I am across time, because you are uh, hearing this in the future, and I'm in the past in that linear perspective of time. But here we are meeting right now. My mind is touching your mind right now via the vibrations of my voice and the countless synapses in my, in my brain, that, that connectivity that allows that I am tapping. I'm not generating it. I'm tapping it. I'm tapping that connectivity. And that's coming through this amazing vehicle that I call my body, which is, is at the culmination of billions of years of evolution, essentially, from the original single cell organisms. However early those appeared, how, however far, however well we can calculate that. But if we look at that Darwinian perspective, I'm, I'm using this body that's, that through the, the, the science of nature playing out in its, in its beautiful, harmonious flow. And, and I'm including the, the, the aspect of, of one animal you know, taking another animal uh, in, in that circle of life dialogue uh, dance of reality, unfolding, evolving, deepening, what's guiding that? Now, if we look at that from a, from a finite logic, an objectifying mind space, we're taking something that is obviously beyond our, our understanding, our finite understanding, and, and, and trying to finitize it and explain it. And that's what science largely is doing, is finitizing. And we're going to explain it. Uh, there must be some kind of explanation. And if we can't explain it, then uh, it doesn't exist. And that whole perspective, that's an ideology that's ruling us. But here I am vibrating my voice, riding on the, the you know, standing on the shoulders of a billion years of evolution and all of the beings that have come before me and all the connectivity that is made available to me now so that I can just speak and, and all the, the language I'm using and the, the, the microphone I'm speaking into and how many, how many people were involved in just getting to a point where I could go on to the internet 
which is using connectivity, and order myself a microphone that can arrive in my studio and I can plug it in and tap the electricity and now I can speak into it and record it. And then there's this indelible recording that I can, I can now share and disseminate through connectivity. It's all tapping source. It's all tapping the infinite source, connectivity, logic, deep logic. So that's what's happening all the time. However, we're able to tap that and also ignore that we're tapping it. In other words, it's kind of like a form of plagiarism. It's like we wouldn't be able to even blink an eyelash without the connectivity. We couldn't, we couldn't blink an eyelid without the connectivity. And so we're, we're always using it. It's being made available to us. And yet whatever that is, whatever we want to call that, that makes it possible because we're not doing it. You know, your heart is beating right now. You're not doing that. You're not saying heartbeat. Oh, I did that. No, your heart is beating. Something is sustaining that or it wouldn't be. You wouldn't be. So how is it that we can move through life and do all these things? And we're doing this all day long, by the way. Whether we're speaking or eating or just walking or getting out of bed or whatever it might be, we're using the source while being oblivious to it. And this is really at the heart of the suffering that we're encountering. And, and, and if that's in place, and yet everyone's doing it, so it seems normal, and we can just go on in our lives, just la, 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 you know, oh yeah, it's just life. Oh yeah, it's another day. Yeah. And w- there's a whole range of, of, of uh, emotion on, in that <clears throat> rather small playing field from, from deeply depressed suicidal to pretty happy, pretty happy person. But if you are in a state of disconnection from source by way of being um, habitually trained to think in this finite logic, you are suffering. You're not truly happy. There is no happiness, real happiness, lasting happiness inside of that mind space, in that suffocating, asphyxiating mind space. You can do as much yoga as you want. You can take as much supplements as you want. You can do, you could do any number of things and feats to, to create happiness and health. But if you are cut off from wholeness itself which is where the word whole comes from the word whole comes the word heal. So healing means holing. And of course, heal health, healthy. You are not healthy. If you are de sourced, I call it, you're disconnected from source. Now that is the human condition. That is what we're dealing with. That is what we need to address. If we're not looking at that and the, and the real culprit of what's generating that um, perpetual disconnection, then all of our efforts are wasted. And that is unacceptable. And that is the spirit of this podcast, this sharing in whatever realm we go, this is really at the heart of it, 
is getting to the source science, the infinite reason, infinite, unfinite reason, source logic, source science. Beyond ideology, beyond opinions and perspectives, source awareness is where we meet. There is no peace. There will be no peace. There is no end to the war and destruction and violence and child abuse and destruction of our environment and our home until we get down to this. This is good news. This is great news. Because when we're in the, in the everyday way of thinking, it's a big house of cards made up of so many cards. And in that perspective, we've got we've to just be sweating bullets, no rest, up day and night, Keep making sure every card doesn't fall because if any one of them falls, then they all fall. And so we're running around trying to, I got to make sure I, I eat the right food and I, I got to make sure that I get the right exercise and I, I got to make sure that I, you know, secure my job and I got to make sure that I, uh, you know, live in the right place and I got to make sure that I, we, we get the right president and I got to make sure, you know, all of that. <clears throat> Think about the constant oppression of that mind space and we get used to it. No wonder drinking and prescription drugs and so many of these things that uh, are designed to uh, cure anxiety and depression and, and, you know, whether it's a prescription drug or, or something we prescribe to ourselves, like, uh, like alcohol, you know, such a humongous industry. Why? Because it gives us relief from the constant nagging pain and suffering of living in the same old familiar mind space. So this is wonderful news because what I'm suggesting is all of that activism and it's glorified. The activists that are out there, they're in the field and they're doing it. That's what's glorified as the only activism. However, as great as all those efforts are, they're buying time. If we're not getting to the, what's causing those symptoms to begin with. So just like you can get an ointment for a rash on your skin and it may, may treat the symptom at the surface level, you're not getting to what's, what's the root of that, what's going, what's going on inside of your body that leads to the appearance of that rash. Well, think of the, our human condition and, and our current state of affairs now in the, on a global scale, you know, just to pick one, global warming or any other uh, environmental cal calamity, the, the, the water crisis, or anything like this. That's a symptom. That's a rash. Now, you can put all kinds of ointments all over your skin, but those rashes are going to keep on appearing if you don't get down to what's causing it. So, activists out there, thank you beyond what my words can say for giving your life to buying us more time and let us all get to the activism that is actually going to 
circumvent and prevent permanently the need for that kind of activism where our lifeblood and energy and resources are being spilled and fixing our massive mistakes. And let's get to the mistake generator. Let's get to the, the source of what's causing all of those. If we can get that on a global scale, if enough of us can get that and wake up and snap out of it, uh, the, like a wildfire being started by a spark, that chain reaction, that wildfire that will catch and sweep the globe will have a domino effect in a positive sense and will trickle to all of the rashes, all of the issues. That is the level we're working on here, folks. That's what we're addressing. And when you listen to me, even if you don't get everything or remember everything, just know that just to hang out with me here and to let the vibrations um, seep into you and let the, let the disconnected circuits reconnect and let the, let the source science and the source logic, the natural reason awaken in you because there is a war. The biggest war of all that we face is the war against capital R reason, source reason, natural reason, infinite logic, truth. There is a war against truth. Not finite truth, not ideology. Again, I need to say that again and again. Because by default, we automatically assume that anything that one is saying is, is another ideology, another opinion. But when this is explicitly about calling that out again and again and again, we are entering a new space, a wide open space, an all-inclusive space that does not need to water down our differences in order for us to realize our oneness and our connection, and our common truth, our common ground. When we hear the term common, brown, common ground, that's exactly what we're referring to is truth, reality. So when John Lennon said, all you need is love, yes, capital L, love. All you need is love, which is True intelligence, source intelligence, source science. Uh, all you need is source science doesn't have the, the ring for the song. So, <laughs> but we can take that now and sing it in the right spirit. So my fellow humans of any gender, age, color, race, religion, non-religion, sexual orientation, gender affiliation, or even non-gender. It's time for all of us to address the culprit 
in each of us. And I'm really excited about doing this journey with you. Thank you for listening. And there's so much more to come.